I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, I am comparing my Enneagram type to a strengths test that I found online called High Five Test. And we're just going to see how much they line up, how they compare. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that as I'm looking outside, it is the first day of fall and it officially feels like fall. Like the wind is blowing, there's a storm in the air, there's leaves on the ground, like it happened, it's here, we're in it. My thorn is that I am changing a significant amount about my business right now, which means I'm having to change a significant amount about my business right now, which requires me to communicate with people, let people down, some people are gonna be disappointed and it sucks, that's the truth. Whoa, a giant leaf just fell, like the size of my head. My bud is just, I'm honestly really just looking forward to family dinner tonight, sitting with the two people that I love the most, feeling really comforted and cozy with them. That's gonna be just exactly what I need today. All right, friends, let's dive into today's episode. So I wanted to take the strength finders, but to be quite honest with y'all, it was like $40 and I was like, well, I don't know. So <laughs> instead I found this test called the high five test. And it's basically, it gives you a strengths profile. So essentially there are like 20 different types of strengths and then it tells you which ones to focus on. Like what are your areas of like greatness? What can you leverage? What can you navigate and what can you delegate? And, and we're gonna kind of talk about it. Yeah, why not? Let's go there. So the strengths that you wanna focus on, these are like your top five strengths. They're your most powerful strengths. It says, science says <laughs> that it shows that if they are your greatest chance to succeed, I'm gonna read this exactly to you because I don't know if I understand this. Strengths from one to five are your most powerful strengths or your high five. Science shows that if they are your greatest chance to succeed in your professional life and to be happy in your personal life. To maximize your potential, you need to focus on applying these five powerful strengths every day. Considering their importance, the rest of the report will focus on that. So mine are optimist, philomath, catalyst, brainstormer, and storyteller. And we'll get into that in a moment. Then the next thing is leverage. So strengths from six to 10 represent strengths that you might use on a situational basis. They're not as dominant as the top five. However, by learning to leverage them in specific conditions, you can think of them as your support system for you. Then we have my leverage strengths are problem solver, self-believer, strategist, thinker, and coach. And then navigate are strengths from 11 to 14 demonstrate patterns that might not come so natural to you. Therefore, to stop them from hindering your potential, you need to learn how to navigate situations that require these capabilities by leveraging your top 10 strengths. So for me, my navigate are chameleon empathizer. <laughs> and it's like embarrassing to say that like empathizer is low, but that's the deal. Believer, deliverer, and peacekeeper. 
and then delegate. Despite the popular misconception, strengths from 16 to 20 are not necessarily your weaknesses. They are just your least powerful strengths. So they are the least likely to bring outstanding results. Therefore, these are traits you would be better off looking in your partner or a teammate. So these are the things that I need to give someone else. Commander, winner, focus expert, analyst, and timekeeper. All right, all right. So let's get into some more details about what this means. So my strength number one is optimist. If you are new here, hello, hi, I'm Sarah Jane and I'm an Enneagram 7. So Enneagram 7s, we are the optimists of the Enneagram. There are three positive thinking types, that's type 7, 2, and 9, but 7s are kind of known as the optimist, known as the one who has, believes in the possibility of the future. And the strength test here says that as an optimist, your objective is to bring a positive spirit. If there is someone believing that the glass is half full instead of half empty, then it is you. Whether it's a work project or a daily situation, you always manage to find a way to make everything more exciting. You inject enthusiasm into people, and that's why they love to be around you. Thanks. Sure, there are people who don't buy your positivity, but could it set you back? No way. Your optimism simply would not allow it. In a team environment, you are generous with praise, grateful for people and circumstances, and quick to find positive in every situation, which is key in motivating people and mitigating conflict. That's all true, and that's all very Enneagram 7. It says, our strengths can be our greatest asset and natural resource. A lot of the times when I'm teaching the Enneagram, I talk about how our strengths are also oftentimes our weaknesses when they're overused, and they're kind of saying that here as well. So, for the optimist, it says they can be operating in a mode of denial rather than hope. So kind of thinking everything's going to work out, even though they're really just ignoring the negative circumstances. So they can briefly lose sight of their optimistic view and the emotional impact of this swing can have a ripple effect with the team. True. Instead of connecting or providing inspiration, they have overly large outbursts of optimism and that can overwhelm others. Also true. All of these are very, very seven type things, even like stereotypical seven things, like not even like the more complex concepts of seven. It's like, this is pretty straightforward seven stuff. They give some tips on what to do if you're an optimist. I'll tell you, I kind of disagree with some of this. Some of it I do agree with, but I think there's harm to it. So one of them is develop an attitude of gratitude. Of course I agree with that. Like I think sevens particularly, we benefit when our gratitude is in the present moment instead of on like what's what we wish was happening down the road. So definitely important. But I also think sometimes as a seven, I I treat gratitude as like a band-aid for circumstances that actually do need to change. Like if I could just be grateful enough, then like I, I try to control myself enough to appreciate something that's not working for me. And there's definitely time where you just, things aren't working. The second one is avoid the naysayers. It says people with optimist strength can be easily drained and affected by those who regularly exhibit toxic behaviors. Naysayers typically use words that are unkind, malicious, and critical. They're constantly complaining, which can drain others emotionally and mentally. Yeah, I mean, I do naturally want to avoid that. <laughs> However, and not that calling people toxic, I think is pretty... Human beings are not toxic, right? We do things that are toxic. We cause harm. I'm cautious around that word toxic. And I think people are really quick to call people toxic 
when really what's happening is like, oh, you're uncomfortable with their negative emotions. And I think that's the thing I'm concerned with here for a seven who's reading this. Yes, you are going to be naturally more drawn to optimistic people who are looking on the bright side. Of course, almost everybody is. However, there's a fine line between someone being harmful or toxic, like you're saying, and someone just having a hard day, going through a hard season, not being able to meet you in a positive place, maybe feeling really discouraged and down. And we want to be able to love people in that place, not just when they're easy to be around, right? It says optimist internal compatibility. It says your high five strengths do not exist in solitude, but rather complement each other, forming a unique mix of strengths. So the table below demonstrates how each of your high five strengths expands the impact of the strength and focus. Simply put, two of them in combination can do what each of them was not able to do alone. So for me, optimist and brainstormer, it says my enthusiasm for new ideas and approaches is contagious and brings positive energy to any creative process. That's true. But both of those are definitely seven skills like idea generators and belief in possibility. Now, I want to make sure I'm not giving you too much here, y'all. So let's get into career applications for the optimist and then we'll move on to the next strength. So optimist career applications. It says it is important to realize that strengths do not prescribe the right or wrong of you to dictate your career path. So since strengths are applicable across roles and organizations, it is more about the alignment of your strengths with what you do every day. Same for the Enneagram. It's not like just because you're an Enneagram three doesn't mean that you need to be a CEO, right? It just means that there are certain things that you're going to need in your job to continue to stay motivated. You're going to need positive feedback. You're going to need a clear trajectory for where they see you going, what your future would hold. I guess they're saying here for optimists, what we need, and I'll see if this if I agree with this for sevens, it says, while many would prefer it, having a positive and fun working environment is particularly important for optimists to reinforce their hopeful view of the future. I can see that. I think from a seven perspective, I definitely feel more like freedom is more important to me than like any kind of work environment being positive or fun. But I bet other people would say that they, they mean that. Relaxed, social, pleasant environments as opposed to cynic and deficit focused is where your positivity and sense of humor will be appreciated the most. It says choose careers from hostessing to senior management where you can motivate others by sharing your positive energy with them and encouraging them in their pursuits. Huh, interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I agree. All right, let's go to strength to Philomath. It says... Philomath, <laughs> it says your objective is to learn new things. Due to your love of learning, people tend to say you are a very curious person. You like to experiment with different styles of learning as well. In the end, there's something to learn from that as well, right? As it's the process itself that excites you, you are not necessarily interested in becoming a subject matter expert. Instead, you prefer learning something fast and then shift to a new thing to learn. Thanks to the strength, you learn very fast and thrive in short projects and dynamically changing environments. Needless to say, you will always be the one to contribute with new knowledge to your team as well. Wow. Okay, so when I first started reading this, I thought the Philomath part, Philomath, was going to be more type 5 in nature because it's all about learning. And honestly, even when I was answering the questions... I thought, man, I'm going to get a lot of five energy out of this because they're asking me so much about learning. 
But actually, the way that they're describing learning here is much more type seven, that like you're a curious person, you like to experiment with different styles of learning, you're learning for learning's sake, you're not interested in becoming an expert, instead you prefer to learn something fast and then shift to a new thing to learn. That's the seven strength, right, is like we can pick up on things really quickly, throw us into the lion's den, let us learn on our feet. And then we can pull all of the information from all of these different experiences that we've had and contribute back to the situation at hand in a really complex way that takes all of these different things into account and, and puts all of these like disparate connections together. So actually, yeah, this is very, very type seven. I really thought this was going to be more of a five energy thing. Things to watch out on. I mean, there's some five stuff here too, which seven goes to five when they feel safe and rested, but it says they can spend too much time learning than executing. I think fives, you know, the five energy in this is that fives spend a significant amount of time learning and researching in order to feel like they are the expert to be able to take the action. And so that could be that. But also for sevens, they we learn a lot, we take quick action, but maybe we don't always like execute is a strong word. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Does that mean executing it to the finish line? Because that may not always happen. It says they can ask too many questions, which can have the effect of either annoying others or making them feel like they need to produce an answer on the spot. I definitely do that. If you and I have ever had coffee or hung out, I really mostly, I mean, I'll tell you stories about my life, but I will also ask you a lot of questions and like a very, like, it's almost like I'm studying people constantly and it's not on purpose. It's just that I'm like, I want to know everything that, that makes you tick. I'm just interested. And it says on the flip side, they can come across as knowing everything there is to be known about everything, but not in a good way. I think that can happen. I try not to do that. I'm conscious of that. But sevens definitely, we take on the teaching stance a lot. Things to know about a career path for our Philomath folks. It says, thanks to your ability to learn new things quickly, careers in dynamic areas like consulting will give you continuous exposure to new learning opportunities. It says, opt for working cultures based on short-term rather than long-term projects to constantly stimulate your Philomath strength with new input. Philomath strength allows you to not only continuously collect new information, but also to share it effectively with others in roles like a teacher or a corporate trainer. Careers that require continuous education and rewards staying on the cutting edge of research, regulations, or best practices will likely go in line with your passion for lifelong learning. I mean, yeah, I guess I can see some of this. I think I'm, you know, my favorite thing about the Enneagram is that I'm constantly learning new things, that it's a very alive thing. And as soon as I think I know everything, there, I learn something new. Yeah. But any traditional work environment is, is a struggle for me. So <laughs> when I'm reading and I'm like, well, this all requires you to work for someone else. And that doesn't feel possible. Today's episode is brought to you by Olive and June. Doing your nails at home is hard, right? Like we've all been there, you know, getting it like all over our fingernails, having like inconsistent patterns. I feel like they chipped in like a day. Like I have always had a hard time getting my nails done and that's why I never had them painted until quarantine. And then I was like, I'm going to start painting my nails because it's time. And that's where Olive and June comes in. 
they're the answer to creating salon perfect nails at home. So in case you need a refresher, here is why Olive & June is amazing. Olive in June nail polishes last seven or more days and do not chip. Like the one I have on right now, I put on Saturday and I'm recording this on Wednesday and we're going strong. Like it's not coming off anytime soon. With Olive in June's Mandy system, you can achieve beautiful salon perfect nails at an affordable price. Plus all of the tools are easy to use. My favorite tool, like my favorite thing that came in the kit is the dry drops. Y'all, I am someone who does not know how to sit still long enough to let my nails dry. It's like I always, it's like as soon as I do my nails, I need to go to the bathroom, I need to take a shower, I need to do the dishes. It's like, it all needs to happen right now. <laughs> so the dry drops, you literally put them on and your nails are dry like dry. Plus it's kind of like a little bit of an oil. So it feels like really good on my cuticles, really good on my nail beds and my nails just feel top notch. The Poppy is a patented brush handle that makes it so easy to paint with both of your hands, not just your dominant one. And before Olive in June, my nails looked like they were painted by a five-year-old. I was so impressed with how amazing they looked. I recommended it to anyone I could talk to. My mom, my sister, the cashier at the grocery store. I even bought a whole kit for my best friend. Like my nails have literally never looked so good and I did them by myself. Getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true with Olive and June. Your new nail life is here. Visit oliveandjune.com slash egram and use code egram for 20% off your first Manny system. This is just for you. Like only, you can only get that here. Thank you so much, Olive and June. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D. J-U-N-E dot com slash egram. Use the code egram and get 20% off your first Manny system. Oliveandjune.com slash egram, code egram. Thank you, Olive and June, for supporting today's podcast. All right, I'm going to try and go through these a little bit faster. I, I feel like I'm lingering a little bit too much. So strength three is catalyst, says your objective is to act and to initiate action. You cannot wait until the discussions are over, wondering when we can actually start doing something. Undoubtedly, sometimes the progress could be achieved in a meeting room, but deep down in your heart, you know it's the action that leads to tangible results. If some can be resistant to act because they don't have full information, for you, acting is the best teacher and the best source of information. How can you know something does not work if we haven't tried it? You make a decision, you take action, you look at the result, and you learn. As the result, you are impatient for action, and if not managed, it can lead to confusion of your team members. Yeah. However, this talent of transforming intangible ideas into tangible actions is invaluable in every team. It's all because you believe that you will be evaluated by what you get done, not what you say or what you think. That's all true. And I will say that's all very seven. We are very quick. We're one of the assertive types. We're quick to take action and we learn best on our feet. We like to be thrown in and handed something and we learn in the act of doing it. Other types, types nine, like they want like really in-depth training. They want specific details about what to do and how to do it. They have a lot of questions. Sevens, we're not like that. We're just jumping right in. We're ready to go. Now it says, because of this, they can start too soon before things are thought through. True. Their comments can seem tangen tangential because they are moving too quickly and others haven't caught up yet. Taken to the extreme, they can exclude and leave out others unmercifully. 
Wow, that's true. <laughs> oh no. If there is not enough team energy, they can power down. It is dangerous for the catalyst to disengage. That's interesting. I really like to work on my own, so I don't know. I'm curious because that's kind of a seven wing six vibe, right? Like sixes are much more community oriented, team oriented. And then eights, you know, the energy of an eight's kind of like a lone wolf leader type. And so a seven wing eight, I think I tend to like to be on my own, doing my own thing. I don't like to feel tied down by a group. Even if I am social, I don't want that socialness to limit me in any way. So interesting. Let's get into the next one. Strength four is brainstormer. We already know this is the one for sevens, right? Like the big seven struggle is just like too many ideas. We have so many ideas, more ideas than we have time. It says your objective is to come up with new concepts and ideas. It's not even your objective, it's your way of life. True. You're constantly on the lookout to connect unconnectable things. That's like this, that's what we were just talking about. Like that is the seven thing is like making connections that don't make any sense, but do make sense. And to find new perspectives on familiar challenges. Okay, so this is funny because I got problem solver in my second, like my six to 10. And I thought, I feel like problem solver is one of my greatest strengths. But actually what they're describing here is, it says, finds new perspectives on familiar challenges. That is what I think of when I think of problem solver. It's like the ability to come in and be like, oh, you think there's only two ways to do this. Well, what about this third way that would work better? And like kind of is everybody wins. I feel like I'm really good at finding a way that everybody can win. So yeah, I thought that was gonna be problem solver, but it's brainstormer. Whenever a new idea comes into your mind, you literally light up like a light bulb. New angles, approaches, and perspectives, no matter how contrary or bizarre, give you an endless source of energy. As a result, the others might see you as an innovative person willing to turn the world around and resort to you if they need some out-of-the-box ideas. You are a clear source of creative juices on any team. Aww, that's all true. Things to be aware of can go on tangents. Yes, sevens, you know, we love to talk. They can be seen as an absent-minded professor and sometimes people just want her to stop generating so many ideas. <laughs> I think that's fair. They can get bored with the status quo. They can sometimes be impractical and come up with ideas that just don't make sense. They can get stuck in idea mode and not turn ideas into actions and they can create more work for others. That's all very true. One of the things sevens we do as leaders is we generate ideas, we ask people to implement those ideas, and then we expect really, we like want it to be fun, but we still have really high expectations and it's confusing for people because they feel like, I thought this was like a really chill environment, but like now that we're like down to it, you're actually pretty upset with me for not performing the way you thought I would perform, even though you're giving me a lot of like spontaneous feedback, you know, everything's kind of on the seat of the pants. We're making decisions really fast. Most types can't keep up with that energy. And honestly, the sevens, we can't keep up with that energy either. We're just okay with dropping the ball. We're not okay with letting other people drop the ball. It's like a whole thing. It says for this career opportunities, look for organizations that are loosely structured and that won't box you in with routines, processes, and hierarchies. Yes, that's the one I've been waiting for. I was like, why are you telling me to go to all of these jobs? 
when the, that are going to tell me where to be at a certain time because I'm not going to do that. And this is the one. And actually hierarchies is a really interesting specific one to sevens because sevens in the work environment, like we kind of equalize people. So like I treat my employees like they're also kind of my bosses and that they're giving me assignments. I'm giving them assignments. We all are we're kind of on an equal playing field. And when I've worked for other people, I kind of do the same. Like I never, I treat them like we're peers, not like they're my boss because we all have the same goal. But that's a seven thing. Fun fact. Thanks to your nonlinear thinking, environments that give you time, space, and freedom to experiment and dream are likely to bring out your best. True, true, true. All right. Final top five strength is storyteller. I did not expect to get this one, if I'm honest. Like, I know that I'm a writer and that, like, my main job is to write and to talk. <laughs> so I should maybe have thought that that was a strength, but I wouldn't have thought that. It says, your objective is to communicate a message. You're a natural storyteller. It's not only your natural talent, but also a strength that you're constantly working on. You are always in search for a perfect phrase and powerful word combination to attract and to capture the attention of the audience. That's true. That's why people love listening to you. Aww. In your mind, the presentation and communication are everything. You might have the best idea or concept, but in the end, the way you present it is what makes a real difference. Strong communication skills make you a great addition to any team. Be it for inspiring team members to act or for presenting the output of your work to external stakeholders. So I want to look at my next highest strength, six through 10. I cannot read them in detail, but based off of the names, I'm going to guess what Enneagram type I think they're related to and how that's connected. So six is problem solver. I think both eights and fives are great problem solvers. And so that could be maybe my wing or that five move. Self-believer, sevens and eights are both very confident in their abilities. So I think that's probably from that. Strategist, I think that's probably that five energy or that one energy that you go to, we go to one in stress. Thinker, type five. Coach, I think seven, eights, and threes all coach, kind of have that coach motivation energy. Then chameleon is like on my lowest. And I think that's more about like kind of that three or that nine energy of being able to like blend in. Twos do this well too, like kind of match the room. I kind of, I can do that a little bit, I think, but like I'm kind of am who I am and other people's opinions don't really change my behavior or preferences. Empathizer. <laughs> I'm like embarrassed that that one is so low. <laughs> But it, I mean, I think it's accurate. So empathizer, I would give to two or nine, that two or nine energy. Believer, I would have thought believer would be kind of seven energy. I don't know what the specifics are here. Maybe it's like belief in other people, which I think would be kind of that two energy. Deliverer, I would guess that's kind of six energy, like kind of follow through, maybe even one. Peacekeeper, well, we know that's our nine. My lowest, my lowest five are commander, which I would guess is eight. Winner, which there was a lot of questions about competition and like, are you competitive? Do you, do you go to win? Which I definitely am not. I'm definitely at the sevens. This is the big difference between three and seven is sevens. We're in it to enjoy it and threes are in it to win it. Right? So I think winner would be that three energy focus expert, probably five or one 
analyst is probably six or five. And then my last one is timekeeper. I have no idea what that could be. I'm guessing like pacing and like keeping up with like how long something would take, which I think I'm pretty good at, but I'm apparently terrible at. Let's find out what timekeeper is. I feel like I can get a lot done in a very short amount of time, which is kind of how I would think of it. And I'm like the timekeeper of my household. You know, I'm like always the one who's like, hey, just so you know, you need to go. So maybe there's something I'm missing here. Timekeeper. It says nothing excites timekeepers more than meeting the deadline. <laughs> they enjoy setting up processes, timelines, and plans. Timekeepers get confused in chaos where neither outcomes nor ways to achieve them are clear. So it seems like maybe that six energy, that one energy of you know, routine, timelines, plans, processes, systems. I actually think I'm pretty good at that, but I guess, um, I guess I'm not. I guess it's my lowest. <laughs> like, I'm like disappointed. Okay, so that is my high five results. If you are interested in taking this test too, it's at high the number five test.com. And let me know if you take it and if you feel like it lines up with your Enneagram type. I would love to know. And yeah, as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Bye.